Movies, shows, video games, books, whatever your interests may be, we all find ourselves escaping to some fictional world at one point or another. Here on this podcast, I want to dive into these vast worlds, explore what makes them unique, and find out what goes into crafting such a place. I'm Jacob, and you're listening to Fictional Deep Dive. Welcome back to the third episode of Fictional Deep Dive. The last show we looked at, which was of course Rings of Power, was definitely an interesting show that unfortunately relied a bit too heavily on the fantasy genre to carry it. However, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, this was not the only fantasy show streaming at the time. The Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, just finished with its first season a week after Rings of Power finished. While I enjoyed both, I believe House of the Dragon was significantly more interesting, despite the fact that I actually enjoyed Tolkien's Middle-earth more than George R. R. Martin's fictional land of Westeros. This is all because of one simple fact, one that we will get to eventually, but before we can do that, let's talk a bit about House of the Dragon itself. House of the Dragon takes place in the land of Westeros, filled with various notable families such as Starks, Lannisters, Hightowers, and of course the star of the show, Targaryens. While Middle-earth is filled with major fantasy elements, the world of Westeros takes a more grounded approach, with political intrigue and families holding power over others, making the show what it is. Though there are dragons, so I guess it's not completely grounded? While dragons play a large role in the story of the show, however, it's the characters that truly push the story forward, and keep the audience engaged in the narrative. However, before diving into the actual story and looking at it from a writing perspective, and there is a lot to look at, let's take a brief look at the history of the show. As I've said before, and as many of you already know, House of the Dragon serves as a prequel to HBO and author George R.R. R. Martin's massively successful novel series turned television show Game of Thrones. While Game of Thrones held itself as one of the most popular television shows of all time, the final season didn't quite live up to the hype. In fact, it was such a disappointment that the show practically vanished from pop culture entirely. It's honestly so interesting to see a show that was held up in such high regard to simply disappear, never to be spoken again by many people. However, HBO wasn't quite ready to leave the world just yet. In 2019, only a few months after the end of Game of Thrones, they began pre-production on a show that would be void of characters such as Daenerys Targaryen, Jon Snow, Cersei Lannister, and many, many more, as the story would take place about 200 years prior to the fall of the throne. As the series came closer and closer to its premiere, myself and many others were cautiously optimistic, as the show had taken a new team with completely new writers and directors. Now that the show has finished its first season of 10 episodes, it's safe to say that many people have forgotten about the emotional damage the finale of Game of Thrones caused, as House of the Dragon is a massive hit with both audiences and critics alike, taking many of the elements from early Game of Thrones seasons and reminding us just why we fell in love with the show to begin with. While the entirety of House of the Dragon is written in the novel Fire and Blood, I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet and I probably won't while the show is running as not to spoil the story for myself. So anything I discuss is coming from somebody who has only seen the story up to the beginning of The Dance of Dragons. So without further ado, let's jump into the actual content of the show, and a fair warning that I will be spoiling a few key moments from the first season. 
The show is a closer representation of human history than many other fantasy shows, most notably Rings of Power. I'm going to bring up Rings of Power a few times, as these two shows had a bit of a rivalry running in their first seasons, as they both ran at the same time, and also because I looked at Rings of Power in my previous episode. Of course, there are dragons and magic present, yes, but the aspect of royal families, preserving royal lineage, and all of the political intrigue about climbing to the top is the main highlight of the show and why it works so well. We primarily follow two different sides of an inevitable civil war. The Blacks, which are led by Rhaenyra Targaryen, and the Greens, which are led by Alison Hightower and her son Aegon Targaryen. The show features multiple time jumps, which mostly serves to introduce the world 200 years before when we were first introduced to it, and to establish the main characters and their motivations before we reach the main event, which is set to begin in Season 2. I'll keep it short and simple, because if you're watching this you've probably already seen the show, and because it would take quite a bit of time to explain everything. Rhaenyra was the rightful heir to the Iron Throne, and when the previous king, her father, King Viserys, died, his and Alicent's son, Aegon, was made king, as the controlling council in the kingdom preferred a male heir to sit atop the throne. Not just that, but Aegon's mother and Viserys' wife, Alicent Hightower, of course, was childhood friends with Rhaenyra, and after that they had quite the falling out, for obvious reasons. She practically despised her and wished for her own family to control the throne, not Rhaenyra's. This basically all evolves into the two sides fighting for control of the throne. To make things more complicated, but a lot more fun for the audience, is that with both sides being Targaryens, they both control multiple dragons, making everything just a huge ticking time bomb, waiting it all out until inevitable war breaks. In Game of Thrones, Danny's three dragons are said to be the first to be seen in a century, so it's not surprising to see where this is all going, and how fitting the title of the book the show is based on is in the narrative, that being fire and blood. Despite giving the main gist of the story, I've completely left out major characters such as Daemon Targaryen, Rhaenyra's uncle as well as her husband. If you've seen the show, you know that that's just how Targaryens do it. I've also left out the Valerians, Alicent's other children besides Aegon, and even Rhaenyra's children and the complications surrounding them. Let's just say that although many people have found the constant time gems jarring, without them, this show would have taken three seasons to simply establish all of these new players. It's been revealed by George R. R. Martin that the show will be around four seasons at least just to tell the whole story, so there's still a lot of story to get through before we reach the end of the war. This heavily shortened explanation of the story and the characters involved is quite different than the explanation for many of the story points that I discussed while looking at Rings of Power, and this is where I believe House of the Dragon succeeds, where Rings of Power unfortunately failed. Before moving on to how House of the Dragon succeeds at establishing a convincing fictional world and plot, you may notice that I'm a little bit biased towards House of the Dragon, and that is just because I believe it's a better show. Though I was able to find enjoyment in both. So let's take a look at why House of the Dragon was so successful and immersive. In House of the Dragon, there is too much information to simply relay in a podcast or video form, as it would take too long. This is exactly why House of the Dragon is so powerful in its storytelling. It understands that to create a truly compelling world, you have to succeed in two elements at least. 
the world and the characters that find themselves living in this world, which is a point that I've brought up in previous podcasts. Take Rhaenyra and Allison, for example, as they receive most of the focus of the show, being prominently featured opposing each other on one of the posters for the show. When we are first introduced to them, they are only about 15 years old and have been friends all their lives, with Rhaenyra's father, Viserys, being king, and Allison's father, Otto Hightower, being Hand of the King, which is practically the king's closest advisor. They did everything together, and we get to see all of this unfold. This brings up another point that I've mentioned in a previous episode, which is the importance of show, don't tell. Rhaenyra has always had more freedom than many women in the show's world, with her father being very lenient, which is something Allison was jealous about, as she always had to do what her father requested, and was always pushed into the more traditional, ladylike role that women were supposed to take, which is also shown throughout the show. This is also very apparent in that the whole reason Allison and Viserys get married is because Hotto Hightower pushes his daughter into marrying Viserys after the death of his wife, Emma. This is all simply so Otto can climb up the social ladder and obtain even more power than he already has. With Allison and Viserys being married, this would most definitely create some awkward moments as for Rhaenyra, your childhood friend is now your stepmom. The final blow, however, does come when Rhaenyra becomes romantically involved with somebody who she probably shouldn't have gotten close to in that way and receives absolutely no repercussions whatsoever. After everything Allison has been forced to do, Rhaenyra breaks all the rules and nothing happens. This is the final straw, which bakes into a rivalry lasting years, and this is all just two characters' relationship throughout half of the show, as this is only five episodes I've covered. This is what House of the Dragon does that every aspiring author should make sure to do in their own stories. While I'm not saying to write characters, just like Allison and Rhaenyra, what I am saying is that you need to make sure to put enough care into the characters and make sure they fit into the world. House of the Dragon explores the main difference between men and women, and how this inequality between them basically causes everything to fall apart in the show. The show contains well-written characters, locations, and themes which I just discussed, and lessons to be learned all at the same time. There's just so much planning and thought that went into this world, and George R.R. Martin did such an amazing job at establishing the story. Of course, while it's easy to guess where this is all going, I am completely in the dark what the journey will take to reach that end, so maybe there will be things that make me change my mind on the show, but as for now, I'm completely hooked and ready for season two, which unfortunately won't come out for another year or two. I hope that those people looking at making their own stories can take inspiration from the writings of Martin and how he approaches storytelling, as well as the show and how it succeeds in translating the writing into television format while preserving the actual narrative and characters something that Rings of Power didn't do such a great job at. Am I being a little too harsh on Rings of Power? Yeah, probably. But that's just because I had high expectations for it, and it didn't deliver in the way I thought it would. But hopefully this can all be fixed in the second season. And as for House of the Dragon, hopefully its second season can continue carrying the story to even new heights, as I'm in this story for the long run. And with all that being said, that's where I'll end today's episode. Having only seen Game of Thrones a few months prior to the release of House of the Dragon, I'm glad I didn't have to wait too long. 
especially after the train wreck that was season eight. And I'm especially excited to see more House of the Dragon, as now that the setup is complete, the actual story can begin. Though, as I mentioned before, we'll have to wait until 2024 at the earliest just to see more. In the next episode, we're going to change it up a bit and sit down to talk with Dr. Julie Drew, a published author and professor at the University of Akron, about what goes into crafting fictional worlds and characters, inspiration for your own stories, and a little bit about her own life. This has been another episode of Fictional Deep Dive. I'm Jacob. Thanks for listening.